Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 169. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, everybody. So we did not record a Halloween um, episode because we were busy celebrating Halloween. What did you What did you do, Jen? What did you do for Halloween? Uh, I well, actually, I went to a cafe earlier that day because I had class. So and I woke up late, so I didn't like. I wasn't. I wanted to go like the whole day dressed up in my outfit. But I didn't because I woke up late and surprising no one. And then I went to a cafe after class. And then when I got home, I dressed into my outfit. I almost wasn't going to do I almost wasn't going to do anything because, one, it was cold. And, mm-hmm. two, like, um, uh, my friends had kind of flaked out on, like, going out someplace. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do me. <laughs> um, uh, so... I dressed as a vampire Cleopatra and uh, went to a gay bar and had a lot of fun. It was a good time. Oh, cool. It was a good time, but I also drank half a bottle of vodka. Oh, my with, God. Um, uh, and then I had, like, three cocktails. And then I took the whole, uh, the entirety of the next day and half of the other day to uh, <laughs> recover. And I was just oh. like, yeah, you know what? I can't do this no more. Ugh. And oh, yeah, Halloween fun. was on a Monday, so you didn't yeah, even have like, the weekend Monday. yeah, to recuperate. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, oh, so I was man. just like, oh my god. I was like, I was like, I waited, I waited till I was just like, I'll be fine. I was not fine afterwards. I was just like, oof. <laughs> this, this, this is not sustainable anymore. The Morgan <laughs> Freeman voice comes on. In fact, she was not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> there should be mm-hmm. an app where we can have Morgan Freeman narrate our lives in video <laughs> format. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that sounds super painful, dude. Just thinking about vodka just makes me want to just. Ugh. I just can't <laughs> do it. I I don't think I can. I mean, it has. I think it would have to be like a dirty mart, like a mixed drink, like a dirty martini. But otherwise, vodka is out of the question for me. Like for sure. That and tequila, también. You know what? Everything is out of the question for me. Just just thinking about the smell makes me nervous. That's crazy. Like, like, these things, like, like, I can still, like, put it down. It's just the recovery. I now have to recover. Yeah. I'm just like, this is bullshit. I miss the days when I could just pop back up awake. I'll be fine. (laughs) Go to work. Go to school. Be fine. No, that's no longer... That's not, it's not happening no more. No. Um, Damn. I'm not, I'm not, uh, young and 21 anymore. I somehow feel offended that you can't do that because I'm what? Twice your age? More than twice? I don't know. But I still can. The drink, the, the, um, the secret is the water. I'm telling you guys. Yeah, you know what? I didn't drink any water. There you that go. Is, yeah, I didn't drink any water. 
Ouch. Who knows? Maybe I could. Maybe if I actually like pace myself instead of you know yeah. like chugging. That that that's the thing. I think if I paced myself instead of chugging like I was twenty one, I would have been fine. There you but go. I yeah. didn't. I was just knocking them back. Yeah. Like, yeah. like fucking candy. So what yeah. Kristen is saying is you can do it. You just have to rework the problem. <laughs> yeah, you can you can do it. You just have to like put forethought into it. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes I forget. There you yeah. go. But here we are. So it is still doable. My yes. <laughs> what about you, Kristen? What did you do? I know you went to Baltimore Comic Con. Tell me all about it. Yes. So the weekend right before Halloween, we were in Baltimore. Uh, Eddie and I were there for the uh, Retailer Summit. And then as part of the Retailer Summit, they gave us free tickets to Baltimore Comic Con. And it is so weird being at a convention on the East Coast when we are used to the conventions here uh, in LA and San Diego and uh, up north um, for Emerald City and, and Rose uh, Ro- Rose City uh, yeah even Modesto but um, it's just so weird because um, it was so tiny <laughs> and there was no fanfare outside of the convention center at all that was like a tiny little sticker on the window that said baltimore comic-con and then uh there was one like little poster that said this weekend baltimore comic-con but as opposed to uh, la comic-con even long beach um and of course san diego where you kind the convention kind of takes over there's people outside hanging out cosplaying all that kind of stuff that it just you would not have even known there was a convention going on for comics um just driving by so um definitely a lot smaller um but you know same old convention stuff and vendors and stuff uh inside but it was really cool to be able to see and meet people that are East Coast uh, based and never get the chance or opportunity to come out to the West Coast. And so um, we actually met a lot of new uh, creators and that was a lot of fun. We met some old friends, or I did in person for the first time, Sarah met them at Nerdtino, Um, but the uh, concrete guys were there and talking to them and they are um getting ready to hit uh diamond in february so really that's big news yeah so they're they're getting ready for mass distribution um and that was really exciting to hear and uh they both they all said that they were doing really well at that convention so um i uh, had a lot of fun and i ate crab cakes for the i had crab for the first time like real crab not the imitation stuff that you get usually that isn't even crab it's just fish um but i had crab for the first time i had crab cakes like three different times we had crab dip we had crab some kind of crab queso it was and i had fish and chips twice i ate more seafood (laughs) in baltimore than i have in the entirety of my life um wow which is funny because i don't eat seafood yeah so yeah 
Um, I just, they're known for crab cakes. They're known for blue crab. I didn't even know crabs had color. So it was um, one of those things where I was like, okay, I can't come on this way and not try the thing that they are known for. So I ended up really liking them a lot. And so I, I have expanded my, um, my, my, taste horizons your palate <laughs> yes there you go my palate I have expanded my palate um and then we came back on the 30th and of course um on the 31st it's um our wedding anniversary so i took the day off from work and i just uh hung out at home we hung out basically getting reacclimated to west coast time and then we just had a nice dinner for our anniversary um at the the nice ripe old people time of 4 30 p.m <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then we came oh, home. That's lunchtime. We came <laughs> home with our bellies full of pasta and wine. And um, one group of kids came to our door for um, trick or treat. And it sucked because we didn't have any candy because we usually aren't home because we're out doing stuff. But we we went out so early that we happened to be home and we had to tell them we didn't have any. And Eddie and I had actually talked about getting some on the way home and then we forgot. So we failed Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. As opposed you to had... you, Sarah, who I know mm. you were the winner of Halloween in your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I don't think you failed Halloween. I mean, you did go on your run in Baltimore and you did find Edgar Allan Poe's uh, oh, final resting right. place. And I was that's like, right. oh, I didn't that's even cool. know. I did not even know he was from Baltimore, Maryland. But I now didn't I know. either. Do you know yeah. that I thought he was... I did. Okay, first of all, I didn't know he was <laughs> from Baltimore. Second of all, I didn't even know he was American. I assumed <laughs> he was English. I assumed he was English because goth... English, goth, catacomb, like I just, that whole aesthetic, I just, <laughs> I mean, I had to read all those things in high school, junior high, whatever, and I had no recollection of ever being taught that he was American. So second of mm -hmm. all, it didn't even dawn on me until I found that out, which I found that out the day we got into Baltimore that he was from there, um, that Baltimore Ravens. Duh. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. Yes. So oh anyhow, I I had a big learning experience. I also, we didn't get to go in because it was closed. Um, well, I saw it on one of my morning runs, but Babe Ruth's birthplace is Baltimore. So they have oh. a big, um, a big, his, the home where he was born birthed is now a museum so um i wanted to go in but we just didn't have time but um i thought that was pretty cool too i mean i knew he was american <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course yes oh my god um, we stayed we stayed directly across the street from camden yard which is the baseball um stadium there in baltimore and um that was really cool i really was sad that um 
there was no baseball going on because at the time, actually, the World Series was going on. Um, but the Phillies were in the World Series, and unfortunately, they lost. But um, Philadelphia is super close, and so there were people all in their Philly attire all over the place uh, cheering and rooting for their team. So it was really interesting being on the East Coast. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Baltimore is in Philadelphia? No. No, it's close to Maryland, but it's close to Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> if it's not California, I don't know. Right? So um, it was really interesting being on the East Coast and being in a place, because um, there's a harbor, it's close to the water, being in a place that had so much history, um, Civil War history, and just um, all kinds of uh, stuff that was there. History. Yeah. yeah. And, um, they had, uh, like historical trails that you could follow. Um, Ooh. they had the last surviving vessel, um, from Pearl Harbor there in their Harbor. Um, it was just really, uh, I mean, of course, Everyone has history, and the West Coast obviously has history too, but the West Coast has a history that was destroyed by the white man when they came. And so the history that still exists and is known that happened when the people came originally and world all the world wars and everything that happened um, over there, that they still have... Um, like uh, like signs up all over the place and stuff, like just talking about it. It was just really interesting because we don't get to see that side of history stuff over here. So um, I really enjoyed it. It was, um, it's fall, so it was also weird seeing trees with no leaves on them. <laughs> That's, that was really weird, but I enjoyed it and I would definitely... I have an employee that is from Baltimore, Maryland, and when I told him that I was going there, the first thing he said was, "Don't believe anything you see on the wire." And I'm like, "I don't even know what the wire is." And so apparently, I I'm like, "Are you going to tell me what the wire is?" Because I don't apparently know. Apparently, the wire is almost—it's the equivalent of the Sopranos for New Jersey. So apparently, it's like some big—it's a—it's a TV show, and there was like a lot of like um, drug and gang activity stuff, and it's—it's it's based in Baltimore. So, um, I had no idea, but I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. And I, like you were saying, I did my miles there a couple of days while I was there. And so I just really explored all over and it was really nice. I would definitely go back. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely fun exploring. And I do, um, I've only been to like the upper, um, uh, East coast. Mm -hmm. So like New York, or I guess, um, Washington DC is like the South. It's like in that nice in between. Um, uh, the, Actually, that was very considered... close to where we were. People kept saying, are you going to go to D.C.? Like it was like mm -hmm. an hour or so away. Um, but obviously we didn't mm -hmm. have a car. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, and because, um, uh, yeah, because uh, Washington, D.C. is like in between Maryland and Virginia, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I'm like recalling history class. I'm just like, yes, they had to concede <laughs> land because the because they wanted Washington D.C. to be like straddled like right between like the upper colonies and the south. Um, uh, so yes, Washington and Washington D.C. is really nice. I will yeah. say that. Um, uh, mm -hmm. And Virginia was really nice too. It was very pretty. Um, uh, but I, it was a very long time ago that I was in uh, Virginia. And in Washington, D.C., New York is the one that I can remember 
uh, as the most recent trip that I went to in the East Coast. But it like it's nice. It's it's nice seeing the different weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. I mean, I've been to New York too, and I went to Pennsylvania, which is where the Concrete Comic guys are from. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Philly, Philly, and. Um, um, I actually did go to Washington, D.C., too. Um, I think uh, my uncle rented a car, but it's a really a great treat. I really love going to the East Coast. I really enjoy their weather, especially if I go during, like, October, November. Mm-hmm. I totally love it. Um, even May is still kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, no, my my Halloween thing was I almost wanted to take a day off because I just felt really run down. I usually put up my ofrenda. It's a communal ofrenda where mm-hmm. I ask people if they want to send me a picture of their loved one, I'll frame it and put it in the ofrenda. And so I, it has grown throughout the years. And um, one of the things was that I always put it up really early or even mid-October just to get kind of a full feel of it because it takes so long to just put up you know yeah and I have so much stuff to put up and so this time I just felt I just wasn't feeling motivated for some reason like I started off strong with my scarecrow build and then Mm -hmm. I just kind of I kind of just flattened out so my aunt she texted me she said you know you have to put it up by the 28th because uh, the 28th of October because that's the day of mm-hmm. los accidentados which mm-hmm. means the people that were that uh, are dead because of an accident or horrific accident <clears throat> so my mom was in a car crash so I had to muster up the energy and put up just at least the picture of the people that died in car accidents or drug overdose or whatever that I knew of. And, um, and then after that, like, it was like just rushing to get like, uh, Simpasuchi, which is the flower, the day of the dead marigold. Um, I mean, even the, the bread, I mean, it was just like a rush to get everything kind of together. And I finally put it up and it, I think we only had it up for like, uh, 20, 29, 21, like for, five maybe seven days Mm -hmm. so all that work for just seven days (laughs) so i i realized why i put it up early is because um i want to enjoy it i want to enjoy the fact that you know it's there and it's um so i've been doing a lot of research on that and like having incense and you know stuff like that like el papel picado there is a missed opportunity because at modesto comic-con the modesto comic-con latino comics art arts comics festival Help me out. <laughs> Help me out drowning. Um, the one in Modesto, uh-huh. um, I um, I actually bought papel picado that was made by hand for the um, lowriders in space. Um, she made mm. those by hand, and I meant to put them wow. on my ofrenda, but I cannot find them. I put it away so they oh. wouldn't get damaged, and I don't know where I put them. Mm-hmm. But I'm no, gonna look. Lost. I know another loss, so I'm gonna look for them really hard and make sure that I have them for next ofrenda. Um, and then I I came home from work and I was like rushing, rushing because of course it's a Monday, and I was like nah, I'm not gonna put up any makeup. But I'm like, you know what? There's still enough sun. So I gave it a good hour of just doing my makeup. And I was just like, after I did my makeup, like like, a, um, like the Day of the Dead makeup, I just kind of felt really exhilarated. And I got so excited. We had over 300 uh, full-size candy bars. Oh and wow. we, doubled, we doubled it on some kids. Like some kids, if they were really cool, we would give them two, yeah. you know? Like yeah. their outfits. Mm-hmm. We got 
we got like groups and groups of people like they don't travel light. I mean, it's like 10 or 20 or more. It's just insane. Once they there found out you were giving full size, they probably kept coming back. <laughs> yeah, I, Actually, I think one of them did put on a different mask and came back. And then I know that there's this like, it, it was so cute. This like abuelita. She's, she's like, they're giving out, you know, the big, the big candy bar. So she got, she's like, can I have trick or treat <laughs> and I was like, of course of course so it was really really cute i really enjoyed that it kind of stopped around 9 30 but it was really cool i really yeah. enjoyed it during the time That's i just pretty was late especially like for kids mm. oh yeah yeah i mean you know what my husband was saying you know they're lazy now they don't even walk they just drive up in the car and just unload the kids <laughs> it's so hilarious um, mm-hmm. But as I was waiting for the trick-or-treaters, I was watching uh, that uh, Guillermo del Toro, um, that show on Netflix. I, mm. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was really good. Yes, it was really good. And it wasn't so gory where I would creep out the kids. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> but that, that was my Halloween. I just had a really good time. I didn't think I was because I was just feeling so not inspired. But the kids made it a lot of fun. That's cool. I got I got a lot of kids that were little with gory masks. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this is not how I remember Halloween for the kids. They wanted to be fairies and unicorns. But these kids, I mean, you know, like the it makeup, like it was just insane. And one kid had a zipper on his face and then the mm. b- bottom of it was gory. And I was like, man, you you're doing it right. You're doing it right. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And I know, Kristen, you have some juicy-ass chisme. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Facebook has been blowing up. So I am part of a lot of San Diego Comic-Con Facebook groups um, because every year I miss out on all the cool stuff that happens um, outside of the convention hall. So I'll be at the in San Diego and then um, the weekend's over and I come back and I see all these people posting, yeah, I was over here and, you know, the cast of Stranger Things was there and I was over here and they gave out free steak dinners. And so anyhow, <laughs> I joined all of these groups so that I could be in the know. Well, all of the groups were blowing up this weekend because if you didn't know, it was the um, it was open registration. So the returnees had already been able to register, I believe, last weekend. And um, what happened was that during that um, registration, apparently the system that Comic-Con was using was a system, and they named what it was in there, but I wasn't familiar with it but a system that has been used in the past for other events that had a well-known um, like uh, like glitch in it. And the glitch was that you could share the URL of your space in line and somebody else could click on it, signed into their own, and be in the exact same space 
uh, place in line that you are. So not have to be, not have to wait in line, um, not have to be, um, I think like signed in or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the bottom line was that people were getting tickets by not having to go through the process that you were supposed to go through to get the tickets. Well, apparently, um, even though this glitch was well known and people were, were taking advantage of it, Comic-Con realized that way too many people had um, gotten through and gotten tickets using this basically uh, error in the system. And so they went through and what they said was cancel the um, tickets of people who they um, discovered used this like illegal way of getting tickets. Well, that's all fine and good, but what happened was that many, many people who claim online that they did nothing wrong, that they didn't share their URL, they didn't have multiple browsers open, they didn't have multiple computers or phones or anything, all got theirs canceled too. And oh, oh my gosh, everybody was just mad and upset and like I got I didn't do anything and so it was just a big just mess and basically Comic-Con was like sorry try again next time which was this weekend and this oh, weekend no. This weekend was for open registration. So if you don't if you don't know, Comic-Con tickets are hard to come by. And they changed to a system a few years ago. I don't even know how long many years ago it's been, but it's been a while now. That oh yeah. Returnees, people who have um, already had tickets for a previous year basically had priority to buy tickets for the next year. Um, and they used to actually let you buy your tickets right then and there, and they might still oh, um, yeah. do that. But there was a booth there that would say, buy your tickets now. Um, and I don't know if you can or do that now or not. But um, so that is what returnee registration is. And that is basically... Um, people getting priority because they'd already attended well open registration is everybody else people who um, either have never been before or who went to returning registration and didn't get dookie uh, they just were um, or people who went to returning registration and maybe only got Thursday and Sunday but they are now coming to open reg to try to get Saturday and Friday or some people just wanted preview night so um, it was just, I mean, post after post after post after post of people complaining about um, getting booted out not and having tickets and then getting them canceled and then not being able to get anything during open registration. It was just a shit show. And I felt really bad for these people. And so I don't know um, if San Diego Comic-Con is going to change their process next year, but I mean, I people were ready to burn the whole thing down. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all know that. I mean, I don't I don't know. Are they using a new program? Because I know that before we weren't able to refresh because if not, we would go to the back of the line. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And um, also we were definitely not able to share URLs at all. Yeah. You yeah. had to go into the link in your email. So, man, somebody really dropped the ball. And that's just insane. 
So yeah, do they have any? They, I mean, are they completely out of tickets? Oh yeah, now, now they're, they're sold out. They're sold <gasps> out now. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Imagine all the people that had the confirmation and then got a like. Oh my gosh, that's some heavy, well, heavy stuff. Being honest or not is one thing. So we don't know how many like people. Like yeah. if it's a lot of people, then I think there's just a mistake. If it's just like some people were, who did do this and they're like claiming they're innocent, I don't know. That's on you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, probably mm-hmm. one out of every ten who said they didn't do anything wrong actually didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, that's just insane, though. And you know what? I mean, I feel the pain because I'm I've been the person just sitting there waiting. On I'd have like three different. Uh, computers going at the same time just logged mm-hmm. in waiting to be the first one to get ahead of the in line yeah and it was just it was crazy you're just looking at the screen like come on man can i get in like i just want a ticket just one please yeah, that's so <laughs> sad that's so Ugh. sad i feel so bad for them yeah but you know what i mean they know that these tickets are really sought after so maybe like i don't know look into like the glitches of these things because this is weird it's it's never happened before. Yeah. So, and also FYI, it is November 7th. And if you were waiting until uh, July 1st to get your Comic Con tickets, uh, <laughs> you are out of luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit, that's not good. Guys. Oh, yeah. That's not good. That is not good at all. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? So On My Radar this week is a book that I, even though I do the initial orders, um, didn't realize was coming out until it was actually there. And I was so excited that it was. It's a new Deadpool number one. So if you are a Deadpool fan and you have not been seeing Deadpool uh, storylines out there, you have a brand new number one uh, for a new ongoing series um that started this week of november actually second was the day that uh it came out and it's been well over a year since deadpool has had his own uh, ongoing series um last year um there was a 30th anniversary special um but with the news of this new movie coming out and of course with hugh jackman being involved um it's really cool to have this Deadpool number one series uh, be available for um, fans. So it's being written by Alyssa Wong and um, Martin Cocolo um, is, um, is the artist. I don't know who he is, but Alyssa has, I think she's been on, uh, I want to say some uh, Shang-Chi maybe? Hmm. Really? Um, I I can't remember, um, but definitely has been in the Marvel uh, realm lately, writing books. Um, and so uh, this book I read, and I really enjoyed it. Of course, if you have been missing his little quips and jokes and sexual innuendos, this is full of Deadpool. Uh, humor and you know that I'm all about that um, and <laughs> he it was interesting because in this storyline he there's two stories 
One is that he is trying to join this super secret um, group of assassins called the Atelier. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, and so, Some French name. Uh, yeah, and so um, A T E L I E R Atelier. Um, but it's an assassins club. And he wants to be in it. And so they give him a, um, they, they give him a uh, hit that he needs to do. And who, uh, who is it other than, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, what's his, what's the, Craven. Uh, um, mm -hmm. I, like whose last hunt was it? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, and, yeah, and so um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that that's who it was. Um, and so uh, the 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 atelier give him like 24 hours to kill him, and he's like, okay, I got this. But then in the middle of all this. He gets kidnapped. And why does he get kidnapped? <laughs> because this um, this other villain, uh, the harrower, harrower, has kidnapped him because she found, as one does on the streets of New York, a piece of a symbiote. And Ooh, so shit. she wants to grow this symbiote. And who knew that the best, uh, like, food or meat or whatever for symbiotes to grow is Deadpool's regenerative insights. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. That is so, so cool. It was a really good story. There's a lot of things nice. going on. Nice. I really enjoyed it. The The jokes and the humor were on point, and I'm just excited for um, a new ongoing Deadpool uh, title to be out. So um, Deadpool number one, it's an ongoing by Alyssa Wong. Um, contact your uh, LCSs now. All right. How exciting is this? It's La Hora de la Cervecita. What are we drinking today, girls? It looks like we are drinking a Border X Brewing Amber Lager called Santos. I really love their art with the, the like Aztec hop. Um, yeah. And the, like, the, is that like a calendar or something behind it? Um, yeah. It's kind of an artistic depiction of El Calendario Azteca. Yeah. And so it says, Santos starts with a light, bready body and finishes with the familiar warm glow of a fall afternoon. Uh, and so it is an amber uh, lager, something that we rarely try here during Hora de la Cervecita. Uh, so I'm mm -hmm. actually really looking forward to it. And have you had this before, Sarah? Um, you know, I had it on tap, but I can't recall it because I tried so many beers that day. So I can't re <laughs> can't recall the actual taste. Um, but I got this one because we rarely do lagers because you guys know I don't like them. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is an amber lager, so I'll give it a shot. And it's from um, Border X Brewing, which is Craft, Culture, and Community, what it says on the can. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. And uh, also the reason I got this is because they only have a few... Um, 
canned beers. And because we're doing this uh, remotely, um, it, this worked, this particular um, beer worked out for us because it's it's canned individually and I got the four pack. But and yeah. For those of you who might not remember, we were introduced to Border X way, way long time ago. Uh, one of the years that we all went to San Diego Comic-Con together and Border X was um, is located in Barrio Logan, a uh, neighborhood of San Diego. And they were hosting a, uh, a Chicano Con. And yes. so we, uh, which basically was um, that they opened their space to Latino uh, creators and um, we went to check it out. I remember Javier was there um, with a table and some other people that we um, looked at their um, at their art and creative stuff and their food was good. They had um, tacos and I don't remember what else we ate and their beer and it was just a nice like relaxing environment. And I remember we had the opportunity to speak to, I don't know if it was the manager or owner, and they told us how they were planning on coming and opening a spot in Los Angeles. And it seemed like it was so far away. And now here we are, I think they're um, celebrating like their five year anniversary or something. Yeah. When did we, we go? Was it 2016 or 2018? I don't remember. I can't remember, but I do remember we met the favelas. Um, they are the owners and creators of um, Border X Brewing. And actually, Mrs. Favela, I, I do not recall her first name, but she, uh, part of the duo of the Border X Brewing, she has created Mujeres Brew House also mm -hmm. in San Diego. And one of the things I've seen is that they they make hard seltzers. And oh, it's wow. pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, they also have other beers, but um, it, in essence, like she's branched out to do her own project and it's been pretty good. I think it's over one or two years old now. Hopefully we can get some of those brews served here in Border Bell Brewing in the city of Bell, Border X mm -hmm. Brewing. So it's been pretty cool. But um, as of right now, they have extended some of the space to Beer Thug Brewing Company. Um, so we, you can get two different brews from two different breweries in the same location. So that's that's really, really cool. And actually, uh, they're going to have a, so a soft opening for Beer Thug Brewing Company on the 19th of November. Oh, at, nice. From 12, yeah, from 12 noon to about 12 p.m., I think, something like that. But um, they're, they're, they'll be, they're being announced, the things that are happening in their Instagram. So, I mean, they're doing a lot of great things, extending hand to other Lat Latinx brew creators. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really exciting to me. Um, I hadn't been there for a while, but returning there just seemed really, really familiar for me. I really like the vibe. I love the music. Um, and it's just really cool. And I got to take my dog there. So that's just extra special. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm ready to drink this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I haven't even opened this. it. <laughs> I haven't opened mine either. Ooh. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That is something, Ooh, you know, I do not it. like, I don't like loggers, but damn it. This one is really mm. doing something to me. I this like is it on a nice hot summer day. Oh, this goes down so smooth. Wow, oh, and it's man. amber. All right, look at that. Look, it's mm -hmm. so pretty. So Jen just poured it, and it looks amazing. 
This is really um, good. I like it a lot. Oh. You know what? It's a little thicker than regular lagers, which I'm really liking. Like it coats the tongue. And for some reason, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but I I feel a hint of banana. <laughs> so I don't know. So for ambers, a lot of time I get the a caramel flavor, and I do get it here too. Um, and I don't taste banana, but um, that that very light lager um, feel and flavor um, comes at the end, but the beginning, the the front notes of the beer are a more of the thicker caramel, um, like kind of like a What's the other thing? Oh, and actually said on the on the can, bready. That's why that's kind of like a it's, ah. it's bready. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Now I totally forgot about that, but you're absolutely right. I'm getting this kind yeah. of banana bread fuel to it. Like mm-hmm. it's very subtle, like l- really light, but it's there and it's I dude, I like I don't you you know I don't like lagers, dude. <laughs> it's really rare for me to eat to like a lager and this one's really speaking to me i don't know and why I, 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 it's just we didn't share it's a it's a very healthy 5.5 abv respectable yes. and it says uh, <laughs> vegan it's also vegan it's an all beer which vegan. is cool <laughs> well, not i guess not the ones that have milk or whatever oh but uh Good, and it also point. has yeah. oh, it also has glass pouring suggestions. So there's information uh-huh. on this that you could. Uh, but no, I really like this. I'm I'm really wow. I'm really impressed. Actually, I, I was on the, the fence. Pouring, I saw the glass <laughs> pouring suggestions, and I looked at mine, and I was just like, I don't want to get up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pouring it in the glass that I got. Well, I'm drinking it but out of the can. Good. So and it's me still too. Good. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, so far, I, I haven't ne- noticed any notes of changes of flavor, but I am really happy with this. I'm really, really happy with um, this. And you know what? I, I actually think I didn't have this on tap. I must have I had gonna, other I ones, was but... just going to say I would love to have this on tap. Yeah, because if I had had it on tap, I would have really remembered because this is yeah. a distinct taste. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I kind of settled for it because it was canned for us mm. to review but mm. i didn't have it on tap and so now i'm like i gotta go back and have it on tap so because <laughs> it was really 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 surprised i'm it's it's a welcome surprise i'm really excited about this so are we ready to actually rate it yes so yeah. for our rating scale we have a five point scale where if it is a zero, we are at flaccid. But if it's a one out of five, we are very unsatisfied. Uh, a two out of five, unsatisfied. A three out of five is neutral. A four out of five is satisfied. And a five out of five is very satisfied with a off-the-chart six out of five Super Saiyan. So um, what would you rate this Beer. I'm gonna ask Jen first. I'm not gonna give it a four out of five. Ooh. I, yeah, I'm giving it a four. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Cause I mean, lagers aren't really like a thing for any of us, I think. Cause they tend to be like really light or really like unflavorable. 
for us. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one has a, it, it has a flavor. It's still very simple in that, and I do like the flavor. Um, um, but I just like overall. I just like more complex flavors. Um, uh, but this is still like pretty good. Uh, I like the bready kind of caramelly taste that Kristen was describing. Uh, that aftertaste. Uh, I mean, it's beer. <laughs> it has the beer aftertaste <laughs> but it's not heavy which I yeah. think is a good thing to point out and that is like one of the benefits of lagers and kind of lighter beers like that is that they are not heavy uh, and they don't sit heavy on the stomach either Yeah. so it, this would be 100% very very refreshing and you know what maybe if it was summer or like a really hot day mm -hmm. or something like that oh i think this would i i would 100 jump this up to like a five yeah but i'm cold right now <laughs> i i agree with you there um definitely i'm i'm not cold i'm comfortable but it is cold outside and i'm not hot i'm not you know looking for refreshment and so i agree there um that it probably would be higher um if any of you are fans of um, Modelo Negro, um, I think that you would Ooh, find yeah. this a nice step up from that. Um, it is definitely in that same wheelhouse, but with flavor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I think um, this and is I well. also am going to give it a... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, um... The thought has fled my mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. Well, I was going to say I also give it a four out of five. I really enjoy it. I would love to take a trip there to try it on tap. And uh, I would drink the heck out of this. You know how you know how I am. You know me with my nachos, with my food. I want it to wash something down <laughs> so um oh, uh, yeah. four out of five for me you're right this would go well, great with food Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up food because I honestly I got off of work and I just started uh, putting up all the recording stuff and then I just quickly made myself some quesadillas con frijoles mm -hmm. and so be because I ate so fast I felt full so drinking this was just kind of a perfect compliment i'm not it's not so heavy on my stomach it's full of flavor and yes i'm glad you did say that it's a step up from modelo like i think people would benefit from trying this if they're modelo drinkers or corona drinkers i think they would really like enjoy yeah. this i love that that for me it's banana caramelly bread finish which i'm really liking and I'm going to give it a very satisfied because I do not like lagers. And this <laughs> one is really yeah. just, you know, like, I'm just like, okay, I got to rethink my whole, my whole scale, <laughs> my whole, you know, this, this is making me revisit like, Hey, maybe you should give lagers a try or maybe just Amber lagers. But you know, there are some good lagers out there and this is definitely proof of that. So I'm going to give it a very satisfied All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? So today we are reviewing Wallow, which is 
I'm going to give the little synopsis that we have right here on the website that they have, wallowcomic.com. And so Wallow, the story of Wallow is about a young man from a small town in Nicaragua who flees a violent conflict in his country and sets off on a migrant odyssey through unfamiliar Central American territories with his unhinged uncle and best friend. Along the way, he encounters corrupt landowners, dangerous gangs, and mythical beings from Central American folklore come to life all in his quest to earn a few bucks. So, yeah, that pretty much sums it up for sure. <laughs> yes. um, this was a Kickstarter. I believe that I supported it. Uh, I did support it, but I, I think I supported the book version. Mm. Um Usually when I support Kickstarters, I put, if you have a thank you page, thank Comadresi Comics. But I must have forgotten to edit that. And they put thank you to Sarah Bazan, which I'm uh, like, womp womp. <laughs> so that was an error on my part. Well, but, I didn't um, see your name, but I saw Jen's. Oh, no, it was S. Bazan. I don't have, uh, I didn't have this. Yeah. Got it. So um, I couldn't wait when i when this was told to me by i think the artist he told me all about it and we're we were talking about it uh, because it's takes place in nicaragua i was very eager to read it because my husband's from nicaragua and i've done a lot of traveling to nicaragua so i'm very familiar with the people and the language and the paisajes so i was really eager to read it um i also asked if they were thinking about having this in spanish and they were saying that they were in talks and having it translated to spanish so i was really just really excited to read it actually jen and i had a conversation about how we had backed it and we hadn't heard anything <laughs> because it was taking so long but then we saw uh, one of the creators in modesto yeah. And he had just told us Yeah, he had just told us that um they had just gotten back from Nicaragua taking pictures of the um the buildings and the streets and stuff like that so the art could be reflective of the true Nicaragua. So I'm like so Jen's like, wait, they're they're barely working on it? It's <laughs> like I guess so. <laughs> so I'm like we have been waiting for this book for some time. Um yeah. so yes. So the Kickstarter was like the Kickstarter like ended a while ago. This was uh God, when did when did they kick this off? I'm trying to look at their like very first kind of like update post. Which... Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a while back. Um can you do you know who the creators and the writers are? Oh, well, on the book it says who uh who wrote the book. So, um, uh, it's written by Chele Delgado and Walter uh, Casco Lopez, and it's illustrated by Dustin Garcia. Uh, but on Kickstarter, the person who uh, posted and updated uh, the comic is Douglas Kushney. Um, uh, and they have a website, Douglas Kushney, that... <laughs> It hasn't long, like hasn't posted anything, but um, uh, the artist um, uh, Dustin Garcia, he does have um, uh, a page, but 
on Kickstarter, but it's private. <laughs> um, uh, so we we can see who the creators are in the online comic itself. Um, just a heads up, right now they don't have kind of, if you are interested in the book, they haven't posted it up like for sale, but they are planning on doing it. On like I'm uh, putting it up for sale on uh, the on the website wallowcomic.com. Okay. But um, uh, yeah. If so what you, are your guys's? Well, I wanted to say they they can't buy it right now, but if you do go to the website, you can see the first sixteen pages animated. So basically, and also voiced in Spanish. Um, yes. and that was actually kind of cool. I watched that and I had already read the book, but I watched it. And even though it's just the panels of the story that are just moving across the screen, it gave it such like, uh, like emotion and like feeling to the story. And I really enjoyed, uh, watching that and would be interested to see them do more of that with the rest of the comic. So, mm -hmm. so Jen's asking uh, so, what, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, we, this is the first issue. Uh, apparently there's going to be more future issues. Yeah. Uh, uh, the main character's name is Wilson, but they call him Nyonito, like his like his friends and the people that know him, his family calls him Nyonito. But I think that guy is Wallow. Like, you know, that that's probably like a shortening of his name, Wilson. Um, so for me, having gone to Nicaragua, talking to my husband's family in Nicaragua through the phone, in person, all of that, I got to say, man, whoever wrote this book got it 100% right. Hijo de puta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twani, <laughs> este, that all the all the words Twani, este, descachimbada, uh, este, chompipe, which means turkey. I mean, all this stuff I like pretty much knew. I was just like, oh shit, they got it right, and I really appreciated they had in the margins of the panels they had like the explanation of the the um the definition or the uh, translation. translation of. Yeah, of the um of the word. So like Tuani means cool. It took me a while to realize that back in the day, but like okay, tu when they're like Tuani, it's like, oh cool, okay, cool, got it, cool, Tuani. <laughs> um <laughs> but one of the things that was really shocking to me at the beginning of like listening to them talk is their ability to swear from the mom and the grandmother all the way to the little children. They all say hijo de puta. They all say puchica. <laughs> They, I mean, seriously, like even, I mean, this is one of the things that I found so funny is like when he's talking to his mom and he's like, hijo de puta. And I was like, yep, that's, that's about right. That, that, the math checks out guys. So I was like really impressed with the, the, the dialogue because it's absolutely so 100% true to Nicaragua. It's just crazy. Um, I, I was telling the girls, I'm so excited to read this book because my husband just made nakatamales here. I just finished eating some nakatamales and then I was reading the comic book and they made a reference like, it's so, you know what? The dynamic between his mother and himself was so spot on. Like, yeah. they do not, they don't hug or say, I love you, mijo, or anything. If anything, they're like, you are worthless and don't work and all this stuff. But when he was saying to her, I'm going to leave, I got to go, like, there's some trouble following behind me. She's like, wait, 
And then he's like, he was ready to hear her say, how dare you leave me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But instead she turns around, she gives him a bag of nakatamales and she's like, not before you take something to eat, mm -hmm. which is their way of showing love. Yeah. It is, oh my God, that just kind of like, oh shit, that's why Frank feeds me so much. Because that's the way he showed up. <laughs> like, it's just, it was so spot on. And you saw like in the art, the actual like, feeling she had in giving him those nakatamales and then he says why do you have nakatamales uh, what's a what's the celebration she's like oh it's the anniversary of your father's death mm -hmm. and all he said was oh i'm sorry like because he had forgotten like because there's a bunch of like generational trauma right there i could tell mm -hmm. i mean it was just so it was it was great i really loved the um the dialogue between them i like how they give each other a lot of shit amongst themselves like down to like uh, in um in the bar even the cops how badly they treat them because that's 100 percent true as well like the government the protests i mean they got it all really just really right and i can't wait till they put it out in spanish because um i really want to have my husband read this comic book um, and mm -hmm. the art is just really good. There are some aspects of the art that I was just like not like too crazy about, but then the flow of it, it just really works well with this with this story. Specifically, I like the dimensional liberties they took when they showed the relationship he had with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. His girlfriend went to do some missionary work in Nicaragua, and she's from Spain, and. They ended up hooking up together like if they fell in love and she had to go back to Spain. But they had talked about, why don't you move to Spain with me? But Wallo, it just seems like he's kind of unmotivated. And the only thing, the only thing he focuses on is trying to get to his girlfriend. And he finally buckles down and gets a job. And even then, he's still kind of complaining about it, you know. Uh, but the drawings between them and the dream sequences of them where she they're talking and they're like the same height. And as they keep talking, she keeps growing and growing, almost like growing from him, like away from him. Like and it just shows kind of how it to me that showed like his self-esteem compared mm -hmm. to her. So what do you guys think? I mean, I could go on. I can go on. Trust <laughs> me. No, I'm loving all of this that you're saying, um, because I did. I really, really enjoyed reading this, um, uh, mostly because, well, I, I, I mean, I know English literature and I know like the Odyssey format, um, uh, and the fact that it uh, that stems from the uh, the original Odyssey from ancient times by Homer, uh, and that's Odysseus is where we get Odyssey from. But and I really, really, really did enjoy how this read like that. It read like an epic, like an epic ballad, an epic poem of like a story long ago. But it's very much a pre mired in the present and the present and um, uh, present problems and stuff like that. So it's it was a very, it was a very very good first issue. Um, uh, it's also interesting because it also goes to show how different. Latin American cultures are as well. Because there was some stuff that I was just like, oh, yeah, this sounds familiar, but, like, man, Nicaraguans are different from <laughs> Guatemalans, and Guatemalans are different from Mexicans, and Mexicans think they're the boss bitches of the world. <laughs> 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 and don't get me wrong, 
yeah, like I think um 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 uh, there is uh what call it there is a there is like something underneath. I mean, there's the history of colonialism and Spanish conquest that does tie us all together, and kind of like uh this his this uh notion of like faulty governments, revolutions and failed revolutions and folklore and stuff like that that does tie it tie us all together but there's also like this minutia as well because as i was reading it i was just like damn i was just like like we're the same but we're different uh and i liked i liked seeing getting that perspective as well just how um uh, like it, but it, like not like a bad thing but like like in a good way you get me that's like like we can it shows that we're all unique yeah, absolutely. I, I hope I'm getting what I want to say out correctly. Oh no, because, yeah, yeah. So I I really did um, um I really did enjoy reading it, and I like uh that you basically confirmed basis that this uh I can see now why it took so long. I'm like I was looking right now. This was successfully uh like fully kickstarted in April of 2021. Oh, it is now. November 2022 and we just got the issue that we kickstarted but everything the artwork the artwork is unique it's not yeah. bad it's not awful um uh, but it is different it's a, it's it's captivating oh oh and the, the way they drew the like they're not monsters. Yeah. They're like folk creatures. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, I want to emphasize is they're not monsters. Uh, it's just that to us, they might seem like monsters and the artwork definitely lends itself, but they're like, they, they are definitely like kind of like folk creatures. Like they're, and it's, it's so funny because I mean, if you ask any immigrant, any immigrant who made the really long journey, I'm not talking about like just, um, uh, crossing the desert, I'm talking about like making the trip from the bottom. I, any anybody who's made the trip from the bottom half of Mexico and un, and downwards all the way from South America to the U.S. will have a story that's similar like this. They're either fleeing war, conflict, drugs, cartels, stuff like that. But a lot of them will have stories of like you know like the real problems, but also the supernatural as well like i don't think a lot of people realize just how it's also it's funny because i don't believe in like the supernatural when i'm here in the united states but when i'm in <laughs> when i'm in, like when i'm uh in guatemala or like just like in like mexico and stuff like that that that's when i'm like just a little bit more cautious because these are stories i don't know they feel more real they feel more plausible uh, because everybody has a story, and I think this was this also managed to really kind of tie that in as well because it didn't it flowed well with the rest of the story of these real world problems, but also like kind of these supernatural problems as well. Yeah, um, you know, at the beginning we get like a little a little story about uh, los cadejos, the white and black cadejo, and I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys remember when when I went came back from Nicaragua, I brought some cadejo beer. Because there is a brewery called Cadejo. Ah, hmm. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like you said, supernatural kind of folklore stories about two Cadejos, which are kind of like dog-like um, entities. 
But um, I was really surprised. They really dug in deep. And this is one of the reasons I'm saying this, because I asked I asked my husband, what is a sisimike? And he's like, I don't know what that is. <clears throat> and I go, it's it's a Nicaraguan folktale. You don't know about it? He goes, no, it must have been from a different region in the country. So we had mm-hmm. to like dig, dig deep into Google. And yes, there is a sisimike in Nicaragua that is kind of this entity that appears in this comic so i'm when he when he told me that and he's like you know i usually know a lot about history i'm really surprised that i didn't know more about this from my own country so he's like they really dug in deep to get the story this folklore so i'm just like whoa impressive this is really mm-hmm. cool they make references to robin dario which is a poet the, the a very famous poet from nicaragua um they, without naming them, which I found really impressive, they talked about the Sandinistas, the people that are in power right now. They talk about the um, the protests students are are doing uh, against the government, where people are actually dying in the protests because of like uh, police brutality. Um, this his favorite his his best friend is a med student, which is thinking of going with him along with him on the trip because of all because they shut down all the schools and he doesn't know when he's going to go back to med school. I mean, that's how dire the situation is in this country. But I just found it like really quite moving and really well done, guys. Well done. What do you think, Kristen? So after reading the story, I was pissed. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) This is where it ends. I didn't know it was done in volumes. And I was so into it at the time that um, I finished the first installment that I went, I read the entire Kickstarter. I went to the, to, uh, I watched that video. I went to the website and I was just reading everything. I was like, when's the next one coming? And I just really enjoyed all a whole bunch of the things that you guys are all saying. But what I really found interesting is that this is kind of um, autobiographical in that the writer explains that he, there is and actually shares screenshots of conversations that he had with the real life wallow who actually had a girlfriend who moved away and he didn't have money to follow her and was basically homeless with just whatever pickup jobs that he could have trying to follow her. And um, I I found that very interesting. And he, and how he says that as his friend was relaying his stories to him about all the conflict that he basically was um, seeing and having to avoid um, with all the stuff going on politically and just, um, corruption and everything that he knew there was a story there and that he wanted to tell it. And so, um, that was really interesting to me that, that when you are saying they did their research, no, they lived it. And so I, I really, really, uh, enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed the, um, the just, fantastical elements of the story like we are being told 
when you think about it, it's a mundane story about a guy who um, basically uh, dated out of his league and is trying to hold on to that. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's so much more. <laughs> Dude, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, for me, okay, so Wallow, in, in the sense at the beginning, he's not really likable. I mean, I understand yeah. him, but... yeah. Here he, mm-hmm. he's getting he's getting you know trashed at a bar, uh, smoking cigarettes, and all I keep thinking is you don't have a job and you want money to go see your girlfriend in Spain and be with her, but you're wasting money on beer and cigarettes. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like doesn't yeah. that cost money? Like tone yeah. that shit down and save up that money. But you're right. He I kept thinking you dude you dated out of your league. Just let it go. <laughs> Uh, So we are learning so much about uh, culturally about um, this country, about its inhabitants, about the different um, uh, regions. Um, I really uh, also don't believe in in that kind of supernatural stuff, but grew up enmeshed in it in my Latino family and it's cultural culturally it's super interesting to me how so many different latino um communities and countries have so many different myths and mythology and just uh stories that have just been um handed down generation after generation after generation and i really enjoyed that aspect of the story as well and um sarah you pointed out something that i thought was super super just like so amazing the way that uh that he and I, I noticed this a couple times. I don't know if it was only when he was with her, but how they basically drew uh, Wallow looking childlike. Uh, and yes, the yes. way that uh, the panels that they chose to do that in and what was going on and the story that was being told during that time, I thought was so creative. It was so cool. Um, and I, um, I just for many, many different reasons, just really enjoyed it. And again, was pissed when it ended. And, I'm, and I, I, I even went to the drive and I was like, okay, is this volume two? Is this, is, where does it go from here? So mm. yes, yeah, sadly, I went to all those places and I realized that this is just the first installment and they're working on the rest of them. I think it, they said that they were, they wanted it to be three, but yeah. Um, so yes, so uh, I I definitely really enjoyed it a lot, and um, it, there's just uh, I feel like there's just so many different um, writing, not writing styles, but like uh, I don't know what the actual term is that I want to say, but like there's like autobiographical stuff, there's this like supernatural mythology oh, stuff, and there are different genres. Genres. There you go. Then there's yeah. the political stuff. There's just so much in here and at the end of the day it's all just uh stuff that um culturally is relevant to their experience so i i mean just i i also could go on but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't want to give up too much of the story, but I mean, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, the indigenous people aspect of it, mm-hmm. the like protective forest aspect of mm-hmm. it, the corrupt mm-hmm. government, the corrupt police, um, the 
deforestation like there's like yes. definitely some like nature stuff going on mm-hmm. there's like i said like the, the supernatural stuff as well it's it's layered and here's the thing it doesn't it it's so incredible how well everything flows mm-hmm. like yeah. and this 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 book i think is this is how you experiment with subject and with genre and with like kind of like a storytelling format like this is this is like really really good i don't even have like the pacing the structure like even the layout it all it all goes together so well and it's all so different from what i'm usually used to kind of in a like a traditional comic and you know, traditional kind of like american like comic book format um uh, so it, this really is is it, you can tell that it's a labor of love, but also a really, really, like, big project that mm-hmm. they are definitely experimenting with. And I'm I'm loving it. I, this is just really, really good. Yeah, and I have to say, like, I'm really impressed with the detail they, they, they actually went into as far as the way people talk in Nicaragua versus how would they talk in Mexico I think it would have been a shortcut to say instead of saying 20 say chido because chido is Mexican and I could tell you that 100% because my husband sometimes gets on the phone with his friends in Nicaragua and he'll say chido and they're like oh look at him sounding all Mexican (laughs) and then they'll say 20 hijo de puta es 20 and I'm like (laughs) and I I mean it's these conversations I overhear my husband having with his family and friends because he puts it on speaker and it's the same conversation that I hear in this comic book Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I like that they didn't take the shortcut there, like, to make it, like, palatable for, uh, for like, Mexicans or Latinoamericanos in, in, in Estados Unidos. Like, they made it, like, this is how they talk. Like, if you're offended by them saying, my favorite, hijo de puta, este, <laughs> you know, like, because I was offended. Or, you know, like at the beginning when I first was listening to them speak, I'm just like, oh, my God, me estás mentando la madre. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just how they say it. I mean, even the the grandmas, the aunts, the uncle, everybody says it like they don't mm-hmm. have a filter for that whatsoever. That's part of their everyday talking. And it's just it's really weird as a Mexican to listen to it. But it is 100 percent the way they talk. And they, I, I hear that and I read that in this comic book. And I and that I appreciate it because I honestly I was like, they're not I don't think they're going to do it. Are they going to really say hijo de puta and all this other stuff in this comic? But they did. And I appreciated it for that because that's how they talk. I hear it all the time over the phone on my husband's conversations. So I am liking this journey we're going on with this comic. And um, I just I can't wait to read the second part. But you're gonna wait. I'm gonna <laughs> wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the, if the second if the second book or with a second Kickstarter or whatever, um, um, is as good as this first one and is better, you know, I, the wait is worth it. It was a very long wait. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was all. Like they were like they were doing their research. They were really putting in the effort. They were really like doing everything they could to put Nicaragua because this is now, now I think with your confirmation also too sir right? we can say this is this is a Nicaragua book this is a, this is for for the the Nico, Nic, Nicaraguenses 
I mean, even the foliage looks Nicaragua, like the streets, the buildings, the arch, that one arch, kind of like at the one of the middle parts. Of, it, it all looks Nicaragua. And so it just, they did a really great job. I, I'm really super impressed, actually. Just, um, dude, I'm look, I just scream, uh, scanned over to the uh, airport. Looks like the airport in Nicaragua. <laughs> so I'm just like they really did their homework like seriously um, I just there's not much more I can say I think we're ready to actually rate the book what mm -hmm. are our rating scale Kristen so I am definitely going to despite the fact that I was upset at the end <laughs> because there just was no more story and I wanted more story I am giving it the whole panaderia I enjoyed it um, I, it's been a while since um, I think I've read a book that had just so many different multi-layered facets that all work together so well. Um, so I definitely am, uh, I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to more and giving it the whole panaderia. What are we, you, Jen? I'm giving it three conchas and, you know, a nakatamal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for the yeah. For the oh. flavor. Um, uh, it was really good. I think... I was really, really blown away by it. I w Honestly, I was expecting to be a little bit disappointed just because of the length of time. Um, uh, but also because, like, I I guess I wasn't... Um, um, from what I remember, the Kickstarter being, like, it was about, like, this dude, like, it was about his friend, but his friend wasn't the one, like, you know, like, writing the story or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It was somebody else who was doing it. So I was expecting a bit... I almost, I guess I thought it was going to be more sanitized, a little bit like more like rose colored glasses, but it's not. This, this went all out. And like you said, like, and I think that maybe that's why I like it too, is because our protagonist is not, he's not like a hero or anything mm -hmm. like that. He's not trying to be a hero. He's a man. Mm -hmm. He's a kind of pathetic man, which <laughs> I like, I'm like, I'm like, okay. I, li I like this. And, like, we get to see how this, how he survives, how, how he's trying to survive. And I think I like that. I like the humanity that has been por being portrayed in this book. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's some good shit. I, I mean, I don't know if I've uh, told the audience out there, but nakatamal is, like, uh, what a tamal in Mexico would be. Uh, so, but it's made from different type of harina and it's wrapped in um, banana leaves and it's, it's hervido, like submerged in water. Anyway, it's delicious. You guys have to try it if you get a chance. Um, I, I'm i going to give it uh, the whole panadriana and an acatamal because um, I like that they were so in your face with the language. That's one of the things that I was just like, I think they're going to like smooth it out i i like you like you said i had a kind of lowered expectations because i thought they were gonna subdue a little bit of the language but because they went all out i'm just like yes this is exactly what we need we need the actual slap in your face truth because everybody's different and everybody needs to um, have representation in the fullest form possible um i like the fact that they talked about the government without saying Sandinistas. Although there's a page, the art, where they have Sandino's uh, statue 
Um, and then they have the Sandinista flag along with the Nicaraguense flag with a volcano in the back. And I thought that was just a really good representation of like the volatility of the whole how the government's going on right now. And right now they're going to have elections. So this just really was a really kind of good time to drop this too. actually kind of like I don't know if they planned it, but it's working. Um, but yeah, I'm really impressed with this book. I can't wait to read the second issue and um, I can't wait to read it in Spanish and share it with my husband. So that has been our book review. All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? Well, today I have Shook, a Black Horror Anthology. Ooh. So this is a 160-plus page EC comic-styled horror anthology featuring writers such as Rodney Barnes, John Jennings, Kevin Gravo, and David Walker. So I'm going to read a bit of the synopsis Ooh. that they have right here. They are actually, uh, like, Kickstarter has, like, kind of a page that have, they have where, like, pro they, like, slap on a title of Projects That We Love. Uh, and Kickstarter has given them the seal of projects that we love. So, um, uh, Shook is, uh, like I said, a 160-page graphic novel comprised of tales of horror, sci-fi, and suspense from a collection of a few of the most talented African-American writers in the comic book industry. Dubbed the Dream Team, these creators represent black excellence in the horror genre. It is going to be published by Second Sight Publishing, and the project represents a long-discussed collaboration between CEO Bradley Goldman and COO Marcus H. Roberts uh, and Professor John Jennings of John Jennings Studio, LLC. Stemming from a love of horror, specifically what is referred to as Southern Gothic horror by Jennings, the companies wanted to come together and tell engrossing stories and also bring along what they felt was some of the great talent already burning up the horror scene. This, this anthology boasts a cadre of award-winning or nominated writers representing awards such as the Will Eisner Awards, the Ringo Awards, the Hugo Awards, and the largest collection of Glyph Comics Awards winners and nominees in a single publication. The volume even includes prestigious television and film awards such as the American Film Institute Award and the Writers Guild of America. So sit back and follow us on this journey of terror, suspense, nightmares, and the darkest depths of fear. So, Ooh. yes, uh, this is the the lineup. Like, uh, so they have Rodney Barnes, who's an Eisner Award nominee, a BET Comedy Award nominee, uh, and he has a slew of other stuff as well. Kevin Gravo, David Walker, uh, Alvern Ball, Marcus H. Roberts, Bradley Golden, John Jennings, and Brandon Easton. Um, we know Brandon, don't we? Yeah, he's local here to LA. Yeah, he's local here. I'm just like, have you have you had him for um uh, Heidi Ho comics? Uh, I don't think like, Heidi Ho, but he's been uh, signed at Jeffrey's a lot, and I think he actually is yeah. a, a, a sketchy bug. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, yes. David David Walker, he is That's the one your who BFF. wrote. Uh, I know. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm super excited about this. Uh, he did, uh, he wrote the Black Panther Party yeah. graphic novel. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and one for the Eisner of uh, Best uh, Continuing Series. So I was just like, what? He's going to be in this yes. anthology? Yes. Yes. He, he won on Bitterroot. Um, yes. um, uh, so right now, 
They have a goal of $50,000. They are currently at $12,835. And I'm guessing that this very large goal is because they have some really prominent names on here. And, you know, they want to get them, like, the pay that they're used to. Um, uh, They're currently... Of their $50,000 goal, they're currently at $12,835 with 112 backers and 23 days to go. So this is very, very obviously a project of, it's a really big project and it's one that is like, it's blowing my mind just like looking at all these and the like, and the synopsis of some of the artwork that they have on here and the concepts, like it looks really, really good really like if you're into horror if you are if you are into like that ec comic style or even kind of like um uh, like kind of like the the crypt uh mm. or eerie style kind of thing this is definitely the style that they're kind of looking for and this is like this is a big anthology 160 pages is a lot um mm. um so you can always pledge without a reward. Uh, you can just you just want to support, but base pledge starts at five dollars, which is just a thank you tier. It's just kind of you wanting to show your support, um, uh, and not expecting anything in return. But after that, there is a fifteen dollar tier, and this is the digital tier. So you will dis- receive a digital copy of the anthology for fifteen dollars. At thirty five dollars, that is the print tier. So the print tier includes the print copy of the Shook Anthology as long as well as a limited poster, a sketch card, stickers, a bookmark, and buttons. So for $35, you're getting that's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is like really, really good. And then at $50, you get the print and digital book. So you get all the other um, uh, rewards along with like the digital PDF of the book. Uh, so and then at $65, you get the blackout tier. So you get a variant cover of the Shook Anthology and all the other previous uh, rewards minus the digital PDF. And then it keeps on going from there. Uh, they do have, I'm trying to see, they do have a retailer tier uh, that's at $100 and you get five copies of the book uh, at a discount. The overall, it is a discounted price. Uh, and I'm trying to see if they have, um, they have one called the Candyman print tier. Oh, which is, shit. Yes. <laughs> and then, okay, yeah, this is what I was, uh, looking for. So this one is $200 and you receive an original print art, um, uh, from the recently released Candyman movie illustrated by John Jennings, along oh, with the foil cover wow. of the Shook Anthology. So they have some, like, really, like, big kind of uh incentives like in, in, uh like tiers and incentives like one of them is like a Candyman original poster like from the from the original original oh no really that would be interesting wow. that would okay. be super cool that would be really yeah. cool so check it out um uh, it is shook a black horror anthology on Kickstarter. Um, it looks really promising. Uh, it's not Christmas yet, so I can still be on the horror bench. Support <laughs> horror. Uh, especially support, uh, you know, like POC black people mm. horror. You know, it's good. 
It's a, it's scarier than white people horror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Okay, so do either one of you know if I said Colorín Colorado, what you would say after that? El cuento ha terminado. Yes! Yeah, so um, colorín colorado is a playful phrase that's often said at the end of stories in Spanish-speaking countries. Um, either um, se ha acabado or se ha terminado. Um, basically, it's just another similar way of saying the end or that's all, folks. Well, there is a nonprofit organization who has taken that name and is... Um, has a website, colorincolorado.org, and they're the premier national website serving educators and families of English language learners in grades pre-K through 12. Um, Colorín Colorado has been providing free research-based information, activities, and advice to parents, schools, and communities around the country for more than a decade. So um, they're an educational service of WETA, and um, WETA, um, W-E-T-A, is a um, an organization uh, based out of... Um, it's a it's a public broadcasting station in the nation's capital, so they're based out of Washington D.C. Um, so uh, they are part of that, and it's a flagship um, uh, station uh, that receives major funding from the American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association. So you can go to this uh, website, and there's all kinds of, um, of different uh, resources and information specifically for English language learners. Um, there's um, ELL basics, there's school support, um, there's families, there's um, recommendations for books, there's videos, there's a resource library, all kinds of stuff. So you can um, even... Um, view the website in Spanish. There's a button that you can go to and um, view the whole thing in Spanish. So um, the website is C-O-L-O-R-I-N-C-O-L-O-R-A-D-O dot O-R-G. That is super awesome. I can't believe they got that web address. I would think that would be like taken up right away. That's That's really cool. I really like that. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out to everybody out there who has lost somebody um, along this thing we called life and has remembered your ancestral roots and celebrated Dia de Muertos with all of us who have put our little ofrenda um, with some one of their favorite things. I put in uh, some double mint gum for my mom and uh, some beer for the rest of the people and definitely a cup of water. Um, just... A little FYI, um, if you have any family members who died in an, a car accident or any kind of accident where their life was cut short, um, uh, the ofrenda is put for them on the 28th of October. And then the whole Dia de Muertos ends on November 2nd. So just do your research. There are different tiers, I believe. October 29th, I believe that's for the children who passed. Uh, so there's different tiers for 
different types of deaths. Um, and there's a lot of really interesting information on the different, like what the Aztecs believe where they after um, their plane of existence after they passed regarded to whether they were a warrior or a woman that died at childbirth to children to several different deaths. So, um, yes, saludos goes out to all of our loved ones that have passed on and um, keep celebrating our culture. That's really important and teaching our children and our nephews and our nieces about our culture. Um, saludos goes out to you guys. And don't forget to vote. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us? You can find us at www.comadresecomics.com where you'll find information and links to all of our social media platforms and you can find out all about us individual hosts. Absolutely. Don't forget to follow us on all those social medias because we're everywhere, guys. We're everywhere. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, we have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>